Welcome to Happy Hunters. We're your hosts, Jonathan. And Molly. Today's interview is with Tim Hurley, a Philadelphia-based high school math teacher who is literally the happiest guy we've talked to yet. Seriously. He loves life. He's got a really positive attitude, and you're going to love his outlook. Don't just take it for granted that, oh, I caught all the green lights to work today. Oh, that was a nice feeling. It isn't that big of a deal. The little things like that, I try to focus more on, make a mental note of them, focus on those rather than any negatives, and appreciate those things more. We just want to take a moment to tell you how much we love one of our sponsors, Nature's Head Composting Toilet. When we renovated the bathroom in the camper, we got rid of our old flush toilet and made the switch to a composting one and could not be happier. I did have some reservations at first, but Nature's Head has thought of everything. With minimal parts and easy assembly, installation was super simple, and when it comes to emptying, it is a breeze. Plus, there is no odor. With all the time we spend outside, we know that each small action makes a big difference. So my favorite part of using a composting toilet is how it's waterless. Did you know that the average toilet uses three and a half gallons of water per flush? Just think of how many gallons a day that is. Our composting toilet helps us conserve water and it's so easy to use. We actually purchased our toilet months before Nature's Head Composting Toilet was even a sponsor. For more information, go to natureshead.net. That's natureshead.net to get yours today. Today we are with high school math teacher Tim Hurley, a man whose friends get irritated by his perpetual happiness. He simply believes dwelling isn't worth the time and that we need to stop taking the little good things for granted and start looking at the big picture and appreciating what goes well. Hi, Tim. Welcome to Happy Hunters. Your friends describe you as the happiest guy ever. You're a high school math teacher who loves working with students and spending time with your family. You love your job, you love your life, and in general, have a super positive outlook on life. Welcome. Glad to be here, Velma. Yeah, I'm excited. What drew you to become a high school math teacher? Was this a career you always knew you wanted? I just generally had a good high school experience. I got involved. I had fun. I had a good group of friends. I had great teachers. Played soccer for a couple of years. I was on the bowling team. But sports was kind of the side thing for me. I was more into the activities and the clubs. There was a service club I was a part of. There was such a mentorship program where upperclassmen would mentor upperclassmen and middle schoolers coming up in the high school as well. There's a variety of programs like that. I like getting to know the staff and the students. Really try to commit myself to it as, as much as I could. Ultimately, my high school experience pushed me to hopefully provide that for other students. I was a high school math teacher for six years in Philly. And there was plenty I loved and plenty I hated about the job. And honestly, I burned out and had to switch gears. It's clear you still have a passion and a drive for teaching. How do you prevent burning out? 
The burnout factor is definitely a thing. There's so much politics and education. There is a lot of pressure from a lot of different directions, whether it's, you know, your boss is in the building, the parents in the town, or just general student feedback. So the burnout factor is definitely a thing. I've been blessed by having just really great coworkers, people I really enjoy working with and hanging out with. We go out together every few months and just kind of do something fun, whether it's like axe throwing or going to pop golf or just a random bar crawl to socialize and hang out outside of school. We enjoy ourselves a lot, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy the classroom dynamic with students. I've been able to teach seniors a lot recently, which is great because teaching high school seniors is a lot of fun. They're in a great time of their lives. They're just on the edge of true adulthood and they're going to colleges. It's exciting to be around them because they are so excited about life. I think it comes down to my, my coworkers and the general classroom conversation and banter and the fun that comes from it there. How would your students describe you? Um, a couple of years ago, <laughs> one of my students told me, that I am a really laid back guy, but a really hard grader, which I really, <laughs> I, I like that a lot, actually, because I try to be laid back when it comes to different things. As far as like general class, day-to-day -day stuff, I, I know kids have a lot going on, so I don't spend too much time worrying about the nuances of the classroom process. Hopefully they know, and then I know the important thing is the bigger picture and the, and the bigger content. I expect a lot from them. I teach AP Calc AB. While it's fun and laid back and the students are fun to talk to, really, I take it very seriously and make sure that they are responsible for what they're knowing and making sure they're on top of their work. I mean, you've told me all the great parts and that you are definitely aware of burnout and you do all these wonderful things with your coworkers to prevent that. What is challenging about being a teacher and how do you continue to focus on the positive? The stuff outside the classroom is the hardest the changing of state testing every couple of years. We're always adjusting to what the state means. Ultimately, the curriculum doesn't change that much, but the scheduling does. You know, there have been years where we've had a whole week of testing and they've had to kind of have adjustments. Wow. And it's more annoying and frustrating to kind of deal with this every year with what will change this year, what won't change every year. My school has been really good about being pretty even keeled and pretty matter of fact about just getting it done, rolling with the punches and seeing what's best so it's not too much of a burden, but it's, there's definitely part of the outside distractions of the whole education world. When I became a teacher, one of my professors gave us a piece of advice to stay out of the teacher's lounge and to avoid the gossip. What advice would you give a new teacher on how to focus on the positive? What I would tell young teachers is to simply focus on what you do best, the reason why you wanted to become a teacher. Every teacher will have ideas for you, and some are great, some are okay, and some work for other people, some don't. Find one or two people that they trust, kind of work with them, and it's easy to get caught into the banter of the teacher's lounge stuff, which is fine. It's all part of it. It's also part of that camaraderie, but to kind of focus on the main reasons why that he or she became a teacher and not worry about all the negative things. You have children and a wife, and your family life is extremely important and is a great spot of joy for you. As a teacher, there's a lot of outside-of-work hours events, grading, evening events, dances, parent-teacher conferences. How do you maintain boundaries between work and school? I was the class advisor for the class of 2017. After that class, my second child was born. The option to re-up with a new class or not 
I chose not to because I knew having a new child in the fall and, you know, having a second child and being committed to so many other activities was not right for me at the time. So I stepped away from certain things at school that I know I just would have trouble committing to, like being class advisor. I still am involved with a couple of other things at school. I'm involved in two other clubs. Thankfully, it's you know, being, in, uh, I guess, a nine-year teacher now, mm. I'm able to manage my time pretty well at school. It was definitely a transition. Being a teacher, I want to be all in. I, I want to be there for the students and be there for the activities. I, I love going to prom, seeing the kids all dressed up. And, but I realize that there's a balance now. Home life is its priority over a lot of those things. It doesn't matter finding that balance. That works best for, for me and my family. After your first year of teaching, you were let go due to budget cuts. You loved your job, and even though you've been at your current job for, I want to say, about nine years, eight, nine years, and you love it, it must have been really difficult to leave that first job. How did that experience affect you? I don't think it gave me any issues as far as who I was, as far as like a teacher and my worth. I looked at it strictly from a budget perspective. I was told that, and I believe that. They hired two of us that year, and you know they let both of us go that year. So it was strictly like a money-in, money-out kind of situation, which was unfortunate. So someone that had worked at the school I was at that one year had a new position as an administrator at my current school. One of the new friends I made at that one, the one year I taught made a phone call for me and helped me out, and that got me interviewed. And then from there, I was able to get the job. You know, making friends at one place and having a good experience there led me to a place where I've been now for nine years, and it seemed pretty settled at this point, which is nice. You say you have no intention of leaving education, but that you love to learn and sometimes miss college and being a student. You like to open your mind to new ideas and new possibilities. In what ways do you continue to expand your thinking? I was not a big reader in high school or middle school because it wasn't cool to read. <laughs> and I was more of a numbers guy anyway. In recent years, I just started reading books because that's what adults do. And I find that very enjoyable. <laughs> Most recently, I tackled Stephen King's Dark Power series which you know, I don't read very fast or very often, so it took me a long time to get to all seven books. But I was proud of that accomplishment to kind of give myself a separate non-mathematical challenge to tackle there, which was fun. I find my TV is usually on kid TV shows or a few sports games at night. I haven't been able to kind of fill my time with academically stimulating TV shows, but between books and you know a few podcasts, I try to expand my mind that way a little bit. Obviously, the college lifestyle is wonderful for many reasons. There is something about, I think, sitting in a classroom and conversing with people your age and having someone in the front of the room that knows more than you talk about something that you don't know anything about. I find that interesting. And math stuff is great, but anything outside of math is always exciting to learn as well. It's clear you have an extremely positive outlook on life. You said that if everyone can experience sadness and bad things, then it seems only reasonable that people can experience the opposite, happiness and joy. You said good things happen all the time, but not everyone notices or chooses to notice. How do you make sure you notice the good things in life? How do you make that choice every day? For me, I found that worrying about little things is such a waste of time. And it's so depressing. It's annoying to worry. There's things that go wrong all the time. And I have two kids now. So, like, my house is a mess all the time. <laughs> and it bothers me. But, like, oh, there's so much you can do about that. So, whatever. You clean it every couple of days. You do a good job. And then you move on. And I find that dwelling on things that go wrong is just kind of useless. Don't get me wrong. I worry about things for sure. There's things that bother me that 
probably shouldn't, things that I dwell on that I don't need to dwell on. But in general, I try to avoid the little things that are rather insignificant. And then on the other hand, while these annoying and bad things might happen on a regular basis, it's also obvious to me, at least, that there's plenty of good things that happen in a day. It's like just general good things that I don't take lightly. I take them as like, oh, wow, that was great. That's really nice that that happened. I try to appreciate those things as good. That was meant to happen. That was good. That's a good sign. You are in the practice of thinking happy, and you believe people can train their minds to think happy too. What advice would you give someone who was interested in training their mind to think more happily? Don't take for granted the little things that go correctly in the day. There's a lot of variables in a day that can change things that can go better or worse for a variety of reasons. And I think that focusing on things that go well, taking a minute to think about that, don't just take for granted that, oh, I caught all the green lights to work today. Oh, that was a nice feeling. That's obviously just a random thing that can happen. It isn't that big of a deal, but it's kind of nice when you just cruise through all the green lights to go to work in the morning. The little things like that, I try to focus more on, make a mental note of them, focus on those rather than any negatives, and appreciate those things more. Your attitude is what has had the greatest impact on your happiness, which is clearly evident by everything that you've said so far. But you said you make sure to limit rash decisions when something is bothering you. What practices or what methods or how do you get yourself out of that mindset and then into positivity again? I think when things happen, whether at home or in school or whatever, where I'm frustrated in the moment over whatever went wrong, it's easy to react to that situation in the moment. And it's probably going to be an overreaction. It's probably not going to be, you know, worth yelling over or getting upset over or getting angry about. So I try to take a deep breath, step back, look at the big picture, maybe even just physically walk away. The school rule for as a teacher, we have like, I think, 48 hours to respond to parent emails. Sometimes Hmm. I use 48 hours to make sure that my mind is clear and my thoughts are all lined up in the right spot. Whether I'm responding to my children, not doing what they're supposed to or my friends trying to respond to a group chat or an email chain or something like that to try to make sure my thoughts are in the right place because I've definitely made the, the mistake where I'm not in the right mindset and I said something I shouldn't have. should have taken more time to think about what I was saying and make sure I focus on looking at the big picture rather than worrying about a rash response in the moment. Well... We are now at the last three questions, which are the silly but equally important questions. If your family was a sports team, what would your mascot be? I mean, it's kind of topical because he's the best right now. It has to be gritty of Philadelphia Flyers. (laughs) That's Um, a new mascot, right? He is a new mascot. And even my daughter is three who, you know, you can see where that mascot would freak out little kids. He loves Gritty. I think he's hysterical so on social media. He's excellent. He's just on point all the time. He released a playlist on Spotify this from Memorial Day weekend, and it was just a collection of random, some seasonally appropriate songs, some oh just random goodness. songs. It's just, just he's funny. He's, 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 he's an ultimate Flyers fan, apparently. I'm a big fan of Gritty these days, so I, I'd have to go with Gritty. That's great. Okay. The mountains or the beach? Uh, The beach. Jersey Shore is our our go-to, so definitely uh, Jersey Shore. I'm not originally from Philly, though I did live there for about almost 10 years. And I never understood the shore versus the beach. Are they different things or are they the same? It's just a different name. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I never got hung up on that. I I don't know what region is supposed to call it what. 
I call it both. I, I know some people take that very seriously. Very seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they, and they get offended about what you call it. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I think I, I, I think I'm supposed to say the Jersey Shore. Not everyone is based out of the Mid-Atlantic area. I couldn't say mountains or shore specifically for you. So I opted for mountains right. or beach. Yeah, we usually call it the shore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question. Would you rather drink a tablespoon of vinegar or eat a tablespoon of salt? Um, <laughs> tablespoons. It's significant. That's a, that's a lot of salt. Um, I think I'll go with the salt though. I I think the vinegar would really skeeze me out. Like the salt obviously would taste terrible. You would dry out your mouth for probably a couple of days. But I feel like I think I'd go with the salt. Okay, okay. There, it was not right or wrong. So I'll, I'll just say that was right because you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to share about happiness? In college, there was a group of us, we were the five math majors together, and they would always make fun of me because I'm Tim Hurley, life is always good, blah, blah, blah. They would always make fun of me. And that has actually somehow transitioned my life now, friends, at my work. We'll always say, Tim, you're always so positive. So somehow that mentality of me being happy has always followed me along. I don't know what it is. Thank you so much for joining us on Happy Hunters. Your focus on doing what you love, thinking positive, and choosing to notice the good things in life is both practical and inspiring. Well, thank you, for sure. Tim's perspective on not sweating the small stuff is truly remarkable and truly attainable. His practices and methods are very simple. Appreciate what you have and don't dwell on what's out of your control. What are you currently worrying or dwelling on? Is it something out of your control? What went well today? What small thing are you grateful for? Head over to Happy Hunters podcast discussion group on Facebook to share your experiences, connect with others, inspire, and empower. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and have found a little bit of inspiration to accompany you on your happiness journey. We are a brand new podcast and could use your help so others can find the show. Please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Tune in for new episodes every Tuesday. You can also support the show by supporting our sponsors. If you know a happy someone who we should interview, head to iconoclasticwellness.com slash happyhunters to nominate them or yourself. Find us over on Instagram at Molly and Jonathan, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Our Tiny Mess, to stay up to date on our RV adventures. And we'll see you next week.